On today's show, Lucas and I are going to talk about the Nationals-Giants brawl, the NL Central, specifically the Cubs-Cardinals struggle, uh, versus the National League West. The Astros look really good, and Tiger gets a DWI. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Keeney, and with us via phone today is Lucas, our lead baseball analyst. Lucas, thanks for joining us. Not a problem. So we have, uh, the first thing that we're going to talk about today is the big brawl that happened today in San Francisco, am I right? You know, I don't remember where they was playing. Yeah, well, the uh, the Giants and the Nationals had a pretty big uh pretty big brawl happened today and lucas do you want to give us a little backstory on that uh basically in the 2014 playoffs when the nationals and giants were playing against each other bryce harper hit a home run off of hunter strickland and hunter strickland apparently had not forgot about it and just hadn't had the opportunity to pitch against bryce or in the right opportunity to you know, hit him with a pitch as a payback. I don't even, you know, it's been three years ago, pretty much. I don't remember if Bryce, you know, pimped a home run or stared or flipped his bat. Hard to tell with Bryce. It could have been any of that, but that's Bryce Harper. Oh, yeah. Bryce so, loves Bryce loves that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, so, basically, it's, you know, they must have been in San Francisco because it's top nine, and, uh, and the, I think the Nationals were up 2 nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, from a managerial perspective, Bruce Bochy's probably like, why are you putting a guy on when we're still within, you know, two runs in a ball game? If they were, you know, if the Nats were up five or six, but two runs ain't, you know, that ain't that big of a insurmountable lead. So, I mean, you don't like putting guys on, but, man, Bryce was steamed after that happened. Oh yeah, he was, and uh, so then the uh, so Bryce gets hit, and he goes off. He goes out there. And he takes his helmet off, and he like throws his helmet in. Like I love the effort. I love the effort. He threw a punch. He uh, he threw the helmet. You know, his heart was in the right place for a good baseball brawl, but the execution may have left <laughs> may have left well, us wanting a little I'm more. Seeing a lot of criticism over the helmet throw, if anything, I think he should be applauded because to me it looked like he was 100% getting ready to use that helmet and throw it into Strickland's face, and it looked like at the last second he changed he thought better of it and threw it off to the side, like mid-throw or something. Yeah. Um, but Strickland was down for it. They were down to fight. They, You know, Strickland, Strickland got he, – he connected with Bryce, and Bryce connected with him, and it didn't take long for – Everyone else that jumped in, you've seen uh, Smarja and Mike Morris and some other guys out there tussling around. And then what gets to me at the end, I was watching this video, and it shows a bunch of the Giants are pulling Strickland off toward the dugout. It looks like he hit Hunter Pence. He hit, he, he, he hit well, Hunter, Hunter Pence? Hunter Pence is a little goofy, but why would anyone want to hit Hunter Pence? He's Marv from Home Alone. Why would anybody want to hit him? Yeah. You got to So, from my perspective, it's like, well, I mean, he did, he wasn't like, I, mean, I don't think he was being 
targeting Pence. I think he was just upset, but he still flailing his arms around. But there were no national guys within 30 feet at that point. Yeah. And, of course, you got all the baseball writers now talking about how this was not good for baseball and they're disappointed in Bryce and blah, blah, blah. And I disagree with them 100%. I'm getting tired of sports writers acting like they get the final say in what's good for baseball and what's not. I just disagree with them. Oh, I completely agree. Uh, I think that this is this stuff like this is good for baseball. It's uh, you know, it's into May, getting into June, and you're getting ready to not have to compete with the NBA, the Stanley Cup Finals. You're getting ready to have the summer to yourself. And I talked on, I believe it was the last podcast that I hate all these like uh, non-sports sports talk stories that happen throughout the summer. The Mount Rushmore of sports, you know all that crap that we all have to listen to. I love good baseball stories, and this is a good baseball story. Well, and I also want to, because I'm Team Bryce. I'm an unavowed, unabashed Bryce Harper fan, and I will tip my cap to Hunter Strickland. If you're going to hit somebody, that's how you hit him. Right there, it's just a size, a buttocks-looking area. He's not targeting his head or his hands or anything like that. So you got to give it to Strickland. At least when he did his payback, he did it correct. Yeah. Yeah, that was... You know, Bryce said after the game, he said, I had one or two options, and I wasn't walking down that first baseline. Classic (laughs) Bryce Harper. I love it. I love it. Did did you see this weekend Bryce was also talking to the kids about how uh, participation trophies aren't real, that you either win or you lose in life? Yeah. Finally, you get an athlete that kids, you know, kids like Bryce Harper. Maybe they'll listen to him some. But really, he needs to be speaking to these kids' parents as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I. You know, it's just to the point where parents are upset because their kids aren't winners. And, well, sorry. You know, they're going to be athletes. It's a good – you know, youth sports is a good place to learn a lot of life's lessons. Yeah. You know, including, including teamwork, loyalty, you know, showing up on time, giving it your best. You don't have to be talented in sports to learn several life lessons. Absolutely. And part of that is in life, there's winners and losers, but it's basically, it's, it's up to you what you want to be. And, you know, and telling everyone they're the same is not helping these kids out in the long run. Yeah, I agree. I, I just enjoyed that Bryce Harper actually you know. came out and said that. Yeah, so. I mean, it was about time someone, you know, a few other people had said it. That women's college basketball coach went on a rant about it there a few months Gino ago. Oriyama? And, well, no, I don't even think. No, it was the Louisville oh, yeah. basketball coach or Indiana or some, yeah. G- somewhere in that area. It was, it was Louisville, and uh, I also remember uh, Gino having a big rant that kind of went nationwide, but it was about he something different. He took a lot different. of hell for that. Oh, yeah. For coming out and saying that. And I'm just thinking, man, I was like, here's the thing. You can teach kids that you can't always win, but the other thing they need to be learning is you work hard and you get back up and you try again, and then next time you don't lose. Oh, yeah. I completely I so, completely agree. You know, kudos to Bryce for that. It remains to be seen the rest of this series. Bruce Bochy seemed to be, you know, Bochy's a great manager, and he's kind of, you know, his statement from what I've seen, just a quick, my uh, take on his take was, he did a pretty good job of balancing the fact of trying to say we don't really support what Hunter did, but without really throwing Hunter under the bus, he said I had to talk with him about, you know, timing and there's a time and place to do what he did and today wasn't it. Yeah. 
or something like that. And so when Dusty Baker was pretty ticked off about it, he said, you know, we don't start nothing, but we sure ain't going to take nothing from anybody. And, of course, that's the old school and Dusty. For all Dusty's faults, he is old school. Oh, I love Dusty Baker. And you, like you said, he has some faults as a manager, but I still like his uh, <laughs> Mark old <Pryor>. school. <laughs> Mark Pryor. <laughs> let it go, Lucas. Pryor, Bartman, you guys got the World Series last yeah, year. Just World let Series, it go. Even though they ain't playing very good. Yeah, and that's kind of our that's a perfect segue into our next topic, which is the uh, Cardinals and the Cubs are both struggling against the NL West. The uh, the Central remains three and a half games separating first and last place. Well, that's the one solace as a Cubs fan I've been taking in their struggles is the Cardinals have been struggling as well. Oh yeah, um, man, the Cubs get you know I almost Facebooked and tweeted this morning. Man, sus getting swept by the Dodgers, but at least you get the last place Padres is kind of a consolation prize. I'm glad I didn't say that. I had a rag in my face. But you know what happened today is I was looking at the pitching matchup, and Cosart had a .78K to walk ratio. He was walking more guys than he was striking out. So I thought, oh, this is going to be good. Cubs take their walks. They'll be able to score some runs today. Um, well, they walked 10 times and got hit by two pitches and scored two runs, maybe three. I can't remember. Oh, but they were like the, rough. They were like maybe the uh, second or third team ever to walk that many times in a game and not get over three runs. That's pretty tough to take. So they were one for like one for 10 with runners in scoring position. And, you know, it's a game of inches. Oh, yeah. They had several – you know, Hayward hit into a double play, but that ball is foot to the right, and that's a two-run single. And, I mean, they just had the opportunities, and it was frustrating. And I know um, from my Facebook and Twitter accounts, the Cardinals are very frustrated. Cardinal fans are. Well, the team itself is because they demoted Randall Gitchup today. Did you to see where they – I was going to say, did you see where they demoted him to high A? Yeah, J.K. texted me this morning. I wasn't me too. on Twitter or anything yet, and he – you know, he's like – Dude, he went to High A Palm Beach, and I'm like, holy hell, that's uh, to me that would be demoralizing. But you know, every team's got their system. Maybe they think that's the best place where he can work. I seen Mosellock said, yeah, it's kind of an out of the box, out of they're thinking outside the box kind of demotion type thing. They want him to work on his strike zone management. Yeah, he. He has not been very good in, uh, especially with runners on in big situations. He opens up his strike zone and just whiffs at a lot of stuff. He doesn't you know, take, I, you know. But I can think of a handful of times with the runners on situation late in the game where Grichuk has hit the tying home run or going oh, yeah. home run or game winner double. I think he has. I just this year, and you know, I just wonder if he's just. You know, he's thinking, I need to be the hero here when he's got runners on, and that's why he's expanding his zone. Yeah, and that could be what he's doing because no one else in this lineup is going to do anything. So it's the central is, uh, you know, the Brewers are kind of falling off some. Merrick Thames has come back to earth kind of like we thought he would. Yeah. Uh, Braun's on the DL. Of course, the, the pitching never was the Brewers. Their offense was just pretty good. But yeah. So it's going to remain a tight – it may be a tight race to the end in the Central. It's hard to say at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, I the think. Reds. It... Oh, the Reds. Get this in on the Reds real quick. I was just seeing on Twitter. My cousin Terry retweeted Reds fan. He retweeted um, talking. To, the Reds have the highest uh, fan graphs of WAR offensively in baseball. It was their infield last week, but now it's all their position players combined has the highest F WAR. Wow. So they, I mean, now we're at the point to say, hey, this Reds, uh, this Reds offense is legit. Their pitching just ain't been there yet. Yeah, they got curb stomped by the Blue Jays today. I don't know if you saw that yet, but they got beat seventeen to two. Yeah, I mean, their pitch. I mean, seventeen runs to the Blue Jays who've been struggling. Yeah, you know, although oh, too low see, and Donaldson both came back. Donaldson yeah, back. so that should help. That should help them a lot, but. Uh, that Reds pitching, and the, the thing is, their trades for the guys they've got have been for pitching. Pitching takes longer to come along. We've known that. We've talked about that. But the Reds have, I mean, they traded the guys that they were trading off. They were trading for arms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I know they got they got three good arms from Kansas City in the uh, Johnny Cueto deal. Yeah. And... <clears throat> So let's move over to the American League real quick. And the Astros are looking really good early on. They, uh, they're they putting some distance between them and the AL West. I saw that they uh, they have 10.5 uh, game lead over the Angels. And three divisions are closer top to bottom than the Astros are to the field in the AL West. That's the AL East, the AL Central, and the National League Central, which we just talked about. Lucas, I mean, we we talk about the Astros on here before. Do you have anything new on I them? Like I mean, uh, well, I think they, I think Dallas Keuchel went on the DL. Doesn't seem to be slowing him down a whole lot. Yeah. Um, obviously, they're going to need him back if they're going to make a deep run. Uh, they're still going to need. They still would like to get another arm, and they're playing. I but it's not a necessity. They're, if they get a stud arm like Katana or Archer or Sonny Gray, which uh, Billy Bean probably would trade in division if it deals right. I don't think he has many like I won't trade. He don't have any qualms about who he trades with. Oh yeah. But they're just looking for luxury in the playoffs. As far as another arm, they don't need another arm to win that division. No. Um, you know, Colin McHugh's throwing uh, off. He's throwing. Uh, on flat ground right now, so he's working his way back. Um, he, you know, he has a little bit of promise to him. But the guy everyone keeps talking about in the trade for anyone they do is going to be that Francis Marquez, who's their top-ranked prospect pitcher. And he's supposed to be a stud. I'm thinking, well, why not bring him up? Maybe you don't need to trade for anybody. Yeah, yeah, I, that makes sense. I would, you know, I mean, I mean at least got, see what you have. Their team has a fantastic mix of young guys with just the right veteran leadership to lead them through any – every team has their struggles through the year. They ain't hit theirs yet, but every good team – I mean, last year the Cubs went 5-15 and 15 for one stretch or something like that. So every team is going to have their struggles, but they got Beltron and Brian McCann who really, you know, I couldn't think of two, be- two better veteran guys to be on a young winning team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, two guys who have been around for quite a while. Uh, so they could have they could have that division locked up by July. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, they could, especially if they keep 
playing as well as they have. Well, the Rangers are missing Cole Hamels, and at some point the Rangers need to decide if they're going to, you know, trade Lucroy to try to rebuild some of their farm system or ride him out. I work with the Rangers fan, and he, he likes Robinson Chirnos enough to go ahead and trade Lucroy this summer. So, I mean, the Rangers, they were supposed to be the Astros' biggest competition, but it doesn't look like anybody's living up to the Astros' ability this season in the AL West anyhow. Yeah, the, the Astros have played really good baseball. Lucas, do you have any more uh, baseball notes for us before we move on to our last segment? Nope, us NL Central fans will just have to cheap chug along and Ugh. see who wants the division. Yeah, and hopefully the NL West just keeps – or just, no, doesn't just keep. Hopefully they quit just pounding the NL Central. It's been real rough for us. So, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. Yeah, we will. So Tiger Woods was arrested in Florida for a DWI, and what a fall from grace this has been for Tiger – he uh, His camp came out and said that it was a reaction to a medication, but this guy was the second athlete to ever earn $1 billion. And then he won that major right before all this happened, and then he just kind of face-planted both his personal life and his golf game. And I know that there's always those uh, fanboys out there that really want Tiger to make a comeback. I just think it's over right now. He's got that gig where he's uh, building a or designing a golf course for Johnny Morris down in Branson. So he's going to be hanging out there with the good influence John Daly, playing some golf down there, <laughs> having a good time. So what do you think about all this whole situation? Well, a few points is his regular PGA career is probably over. Yeah, I mean he'll make he'll make some tournaments, but he probably won't ever win another major. He may start to start golfing with the seniors. I seen John Daly won a, a golf round a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he did. And uh, the second point is, yeah, it's kind of a fall from grace, you know, a lot of bad publicity, but you know, in the divorce and everything, that sucks. But I mean, dude made a billion dollars, and he's, you know hanging out with all these hot fawns, I can't be that bad, right? <laughs> that's that's a good point. That's a good point. I, I just, mean, his, his back just gave out on him, and it seems like everything went downhill from there, you know? Yeah, I just think uh, it's – I wonder if it's one of those things where, like, Michael Jordan couldn't stay away from basketball, and, you know, he now owns a team, and, you know, a couple of years ago he was out there playing one-on-one with Michael Kidd uh, Gilchrist after he was their first-round pick. And I think that sometimes with those guys who are so dominant that, and you know, they devote so much of their life, I wonder how that transitioning away period is because Tiger really didn't, you know, go out on his own terms. He, uh, like I said, he won a major and then had the back problem and has never been anywhere close to the golf where he was before that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. He obviously sounds like he just couldn't adjust to life of not being the best anymore. It's not like anyone just came up and grabbed the throne from him. It's just like he got dethroned because, uh, I, you know, I'm not a huge golf guy, but it seems like there's a lot of parody in who wins the majors now. Oh, he, yeah. It was just, can anyone beat Tiger? That was the question. Yeah. Yeah, and there there is a lot more parody now. I mean, I... 
I, like you, am no uh, great golf mind, but like Jordan Spath, Dustin Johnson, who I'm pretty sure Dustin Johnson is the one that's either dating, married, uh, Wayne Gretzky's daughter. Yeah, he is. Yeah, and uh, so, you know, and then there's, you know, Ricky Fowler. They And golf's tried to promote these guys pretty hard because they saw what you stars know, did for the yeah, game. Sergio Garcia finally won the majors, or major or the masters or whatever. I remember that. Yeah. You know, a few months ago when that happened, that was, you know, seemed pretty big for golf. A lot of people were talking about it, so. Yeah. Uh, but golf is better. I think golf was better when you had a Tiger Woods, honestly. Oh. You got your people that loved him and wanted him to win and Chase Nicholas, and then you had people that hated him and didn't want him to win all these majors, and people cared. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean. The same with maybe. You know, I think a lot of people are going to watch the NBA Finals because you got your LeBron truthers like me and you and Pounds and John, and, and then you got your LeBron haters, Richie, that, Richie and Medlock and <laughs> them guys that you know that want to see LeBron fail or whatever. And which reminds me, today I was reading ESPN, and literally nobody is picking the Cavs to win the championship they're talking about how the warriors are heavily favored and if lebron does win that will see men as go because lebron would have beat better teams than michael jordan ever beat in the playoffs and i thought well it sounds like to me lebron's better (laughs) oh man yeah and that's that's never gonna end all the all the guys who grew up, you know, and I watched Michael whenever we were really young. I got into sports pretty early. But, you know, those guys that, like, he was their childhood hero, you know, they're never going to let Michael go. And guys who grew up with, uh, with LeBron and, you know, seeing what he's done in his career, I don't think that we're ever going to back down. And I, I was one of the few that made the transition. I was a Michael guy until... I think until two years ago, what he did whenever he came it back was, to Cleveland. When it was just him. Yeah, yeah, when it was him. When it was just him. Him, Delhi, and J.R. Smith taking on the Warriors that year in the finals. I remember because later on after that, there in September, we was in Chicago, and me, you, and John, and J.K. was talking about it, and you said, you know what, that was just damn impressive what LeBron was able to do by himself. Just yeah. to win two games in that series. And you know what? The Warriors are a damn good team. They should win the finals. Yeah. They got two of the best five players in the NBA. Like, you know, you know the the Cavs, you can make an argument Kyrie Irving's top ten, especially after what he's done in that last series against the Celtics. But Yeah, but Kyrie's not quite – he doesn't quite have the resume of Curry, who was the unanimous MVP last year, or it, the resume of Kevin Durant. Yeah, and then that yeah, you look that team – Went to the finals the last two years, one two years ago, went to seven last year, and then they added the second best player in basketball. So, by all means, I guess talking finals a little bit here, by all means, they should win the series this year. They were a game worse than the Cavs last year, and then they added the second best player in basketball. Here's here's another LeBron fact that I didn't know until the other night. LeBron's the only player in NBA history – to take two different franchises to four NBA finals. Wow. This is eight finals. <laughs> the hell, the last time we talked the other day, the last time he wasn't been in the finals, I was just 20 or just turned 21, finishing up second year of college. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, people's going to have to loosen up on them a little bit and realize this is a generational, well, maybe not even generational, a lifetime talent. Oh, yeah. And so I don't, I want to put another spoiler out, especially if LeBron makes this a series or wins this series. Lucas and I are going to have a big LeBron truther podcast. So if oh, you yeah. Oh yeah, if you're a MJ fan, you might not you may want to tune in just so you can get schooled with a little bit of fresh knowledge, but we're going to go pretty hard on uh on LeBron being the greatest. Yep. Yeah. I'm I might do one anyways. I might just throw it in there at the end of every podcast. <laughs> just get just get a little LeBron in at the end of every podcast. So that that series kicks off Thursday, right? June 1st, yep. All right. So we have that to look forward to. Everybody, have a good week. Lucas, thanks for joining us today. We will catch you all later this week.